We are all forced to make hundreds of little and big decisions every day. It can be time-consuming and, frankly, overwhelming. Little did you know that a really useful life skill would be the ability to make good decisions. Some people are so crippled with the fear of making a bad decision that they refuse to decide. Today, we are exploring the root causes for poor decision-making and how to improve them. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm Brianna Corrin, and join me today is my good friend and leadership legend, Jack Zanger. Nice to be with you, Brie. Okay, Jack, I have a very important question for you. When you go out to eat at a place you go to often, uh, do you order the same thing every time? You know, about three-fourths of the time I order something new. But Ooh. I go back to my old tried-and-true uh, entrees about a, about a fourth of the time. Oh, that's interesting. Well, apparently, a majority of people do order the same thing every single time. There are so many choices on the menu. And if you know what you like, and you don't want to risk paying for something that you might not like, especially at a place like Cheesecake Factory, where the menu is like 20 pages. Anyways, decisions can be overwhelming, and they take up your mental energy. My oldest brother, he will only buy, he buys the same white and black t-shirts from Amazon so that he doesn't have to spend time deciding what to wear every day. <laughs> There are big decisions that are very difficult to make, more than ordering a restaurant or choosing a t-shirt for the day, that have real consequences when they go wrong. That reminds me of an experience we had uh, a few years ago. We came up with a great new idea for a, a leadership development offering that we thought would be valuable to everyone. We had some good research demonstrating that when people embarked on a self-development program, their success increased dramatically when they received follow-up encouragement. So we developed a software application to offer that sort of encouragement. People could enter their development goals and the software would then send them reminders every week or bi-monthly bi asking how they were doing to motivate them to keep on going. We invested a lot of time and money in this project. But it turned out that people did not like receiving the emails <laughs> and found them more annoying than motivating. Some of our users came up with the name for this type of software. They called it Nagware. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an actually appropriate name for it. <laughs> Needless to say, this product never reached the potential we had envisioned. And so thinking about the decisions we had made to create this kind of disappointing result led us to ask the question, what causes well-meaning, normally wise people to make poor decisions? Hmm. And some possibilities come to mind immediately. People make poor decisions when they're under severe time pressure or when they don't have access to all the important information, unless they're explaining their decision to their boss. And then it often becomes someone else's fault. But we wanted a more objective answer. So in an effort to understand the root causes of poor decision-making, we looked at the 360-degree feedback data from more than 50,000 leaders and compared the behavior of those who were perceived 
to be good at making decisions versus those who made poor decisions. We performed a factor analysis of the behaviors that made the most statistical difference between the best and the worst decision makers. Nine factors emerged as the most common paths to poor decision making. And the very first one, the most significant, is laziness. Uh, this showed up as a failure to check facts, to take the initiative to confirm assumptions, or to gather additional input from others. Basically, such people were perceived to be sloppy in their work and unwilling to put themselves out. They relied on past experience and expected results simply to be an extrapolation of the past. Isn't it telling that this is the number one most important issue when it comes to bad decisions? We don't take the time or make that extra effort to find the best solution. Yes, and you know, and describing it as laziness may be a bit unfair. I, I think it includes being pressed for time, hmm. being in a, in a hurry, not deliberately looking for evidence that would lead you to a better or a different decision. Yeah. The second cause was not anticipating unexpected events. It is discouraging to consistently consider the possibility of negative events in our lives. And so most people assume the worst will not happen. Unfortunately, bad things happen fairly often. People die, they get divorced, they have accidents, house prices go way up. Yeah. Friends can on occasion be unreliable. There is excellent research demonstrating that if people just take the time to consider what might go wrong, they're actually quite good at anticipating problems. But many people get so excited about a decision they are making that they never take the time to say, what could go wrong? To do their due diligence. Hmm. Does this mean that there is a time and place where pessimism is an asset? <laughs> well, being a openly acknowledged card-carrying optimist makes it hard for me to encourage <laughs> pessimism, but I certainly advocate realism, uh, facing facts as they currently are. You know, next is indecisiveness. At the other end of the scale, when faced with a complex decision that will be based on constantly changing data, it's easy to continue to ask for one more report or perform yet one more analysis before a decision gets made. When the reports and the analysis take much longer than expected, poor decision makers delay and the opportunity is missed. Hmm. It takes courage to look at the data, consider the consequences responsibly, and then move forward. Dithering and indecision is, in a funny way, making a decision. Indecision is often worse than making the wrong decision. Those most paralyzed by fear are the ones who believe that one mistake will ruin their careers and so they avoid any risk at all yeah it's so interesting that that's the opposite side of the scale so you have the people who don't gather a lot of information then you have the people that just keep going because they don't want to make the decision <laughs> all right next on the list was remaining locked in the past oh this happens to people I recently read a story in this brilliant book called Loon Shots about Nokia, and it was in the early 2000s. I'm sure people can remember Nokia was a big deal. They were selling half of the smartphones on the planet. It was briefly the most valuable company in Europe. Fortune magazine revealed that Nokia's secret, the CEO explained, 
quote, you are allowed to have a bit of fun, to think unlike the norm, and to make a mistake, unquote. Now, in 2004, the attitude of risk and innovation had changed when a group of Nokia in engineers presented to leaders a new kind of phone that had the internet, a big color touchscreen, and a camera. Another crazy component they thought of was an app store. <laughs> this crazy idea was shut down by their leaders. Their leaders, they were too locked in to what was already working. And I'm sure you can only imagine the absolute disappointment from that group of engineers when they saw their crazy ideas materialize three years later with Apple's reveal of the iPhone. Five years later, Nokia was completely irrelevant and sold their business in 2013. People get used to approaches that worked in the past and tend not to look for approaches that will work better. Just like Nokia, they figure that the devil they know is better than the devil they don't know. But too often when a decision goes wrong, it's because the old process is based on assumptions that are no longer true. Society moved on. Poor decision makers fail to keep those base assumptions in mind when applying the tried and true. The fifth thing we found was not having a strategic alignment. Bad decisions sometimes stem from a failure to connect the problem to the overall strategy. In the absence of a clear strategy that provides context, many solutions appear to make sense. When tightly linked to the organization's avowed strategy, the better solutions quickly begin to rise to the top. Yeah, and the next was number six, over-dependence and reliance on others. Some decisions are never made because one person is waiting for another who in turn is waiting for someone else's decision or input. Effective decision makers find a way to act independently when it's necessary. Next on the list of reasons for poor decisions was isolation or insularity. Some of those leaders are waiting for input because they've not taken the steps to get it in a timely manner or have not established the relationships that would enable them to draw on other people's expertise when they need to. All our research and many others on effective decision-making recognizes that involving others who have the relevant knowledge, experience, and expertise improves the quality of the decision. This is not news. So the question is, why? Sometimes people lack the necessary networking skills to access the right information. Other times we found people do not involve others because they want the credit for the decision for themselves. <laughs> Number eight was lack of technical depth. Organizations today are very complex and even the best leaders do not have enough technical expertise to fully understand multifaceted issues. But when decision makers rely only on others' knowledge and expertise without any perspective of their own, they have a difficult time integrating that information to make an effective decision. So when we lack even basic knowledge and expertise, we have no way to tell if the decision is brilliant or terrible. We continue to find that the best executives have deep expertise. And when they still don't have technical depth to understand the implications of the decisions they face, they make it their business to find the talent they need to help them. And finally, uh, poor decisions are often the consequence of how this decision is announced and implemented in the organization. 
Failure to communicate the what, where, when, and how associated with that decision gets it in trouble. Some good decisions become bad decisions because people don't understand or even know about them. Communicating a decision, its rationale, and its implications is critical to the successful implementation of that decision. So just to recap, waiting too long for others' input, failing to get the right input at the right time, failing to understand that input through insufficient skills, failing to understand when something that worked in the past will not work now, failing to know when to make a decision without all the right information and when to wait for more advice. It's no wonder good people make bad decisions. The path to good decision-making is narrow and it's far from straight. But keeping in mind the pitfalls can make any leader a more effective decision maker. Yes, even the best leaders fall short of a 100% batting average. Whatever the problem is, walk around it. Collect opinions from different sources, and especially from those with whom you disagree. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corin and Jack Sanger and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, you listen to podcasts and be sure to leave us a nice review all resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com